There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, and welcome to Thank You, Saturn, with me, Fern Angel Beattie. Thank You, Saturn is a fortnightly podcast on the lesser-discussed topic of the quarter-life crisis. Saturn is the teacher planet, taking on average 30 years to orbit planet Earth. By the time it arrives back to the position it was in when we were born, we are expected to have learned important lessons from the first quarter of our life and be on our intended path. If we are not, this age can be difficult, as Saturn forces us to confront our fears, uprooting our lives in a myriad of ways to push us in the right direction. This is not punishment, but tough love, so if we heed its warnings, once it's off on its galactic trajectory once more, we can finally say, thank you Saturn. I'll take a look at our guests' birth charts to see whereabouts their Saturn is placed, and compare the predictions of this placement to our guests' reality. Our guest today is Vangelis Poliduru. Vangelis was a finalist on the 2016 series of The Voice, where he stole three out of four of the judges' hearts with his rendition of Do You Really Want to Hurt Me by Boy George. One of these judges was Boy George himself, who went on to mentor Vangelis and still manages him to this day. Vangelis is a full-time singer who tours with Culture Club and is currently writing and recording his debut album. He also happens to be one of my best friends and the eternal thorn in my side. Vangelis, how are you? Yeah, good. I've just been doing loads of singing, actually. Loads of music stuff, recording, um, what else? Eating loads. Just kind of, yeah, relaxing. I feel like I'm used to it now. Your life is pretty much like this anyway, isn't it? Because, you, <laughs> because you're a singer, you don't have like a nine to five job. So you're pretty much carrying on how you work. Yeah, it's not that different. I think the only thing that's majorly different for me is not being able to go out and eat. Because yeah. I always love going to restaurants and kind of having breakfast and go like, obviously none of, none of that's open at the moment. So that's the only thing I don't like. But other than that, it's, it's fine. In terms of your singing and recording, are you able to do a lot of that from home or is it is it stuff you'll have to redo when studios are open? Or, or you've still been going to studios, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I've been going in because I'm only working with one other person. So we've kind of cut it down. For, um, so... And also, you you're not really in you can't uh, you are kind of social distancing because you're behind a booth, so um, it's fine. Yeah, I've been doing that. I I didn't do that only probably only up until last week. I haven't been doing that. I was just recording at home. Mm-hmm. But you just can't create. You can't get the same results from doing something at home unless you've got like the expensive equipment that the studio has. And also, some of my vocals are actually done on a specific mic, so I can't just change the mic. So before lockdown, what were you? up to professionally so before lockdown I was doing a lot of kind of backing vocals for George I was doing a lot of recording for him and also I was working on my own stuff as well so the good thing about it is it's given me more time to actually finish my own stuff so that's actually a luxury and I actually love going in by myself and not having kind of too many people in the studio because I can give ideas and be a bit bossy without like you know I can get stuff you'd say that this has been like a productive time for you lockdown 
Yeah, definitely. Obviously, you haven't had your Saturn return yet, which is the period of your life when Saturn returns to where it was when you were first born, bringing with it a lot of challenges and lessons that we were supposed to learn throughout our lives, but we may not have. And that can make it a particularly difficult period for us. Typically, because we're very similar in a lot of ways, and I'd say you're the boy version of me, we're both Geminis and our Saturn is in Aquarius for both of us. and both for both of us our Saturn return is in February 2021 but mine finishes at the end of February and yours carries on until October so it looks like you've got more lessons to learn than me (laughs) (laughs) and your Saturn is in the 10th house so I'm going to have a look at what that means for you and then we'll just have a bit of a discussion about whether you think it's true If your Saturn is in Aquarius, you'll likely be just as charming and charismatic as the rest of the Aquarians, but you don't want to hold court like they do or sample every party on a given Saturday night. You'll be more private and more quiet. In fact, there's a bit of the homebody about you. You don't want anyone to know how unique you truly are, how independent, how different. And I mean different in a good way. So how do you generally feel about this? Because I think it's obvious that you are definitely unique, but is it true that you hide away from it? I think that I do in some ways like I wouldn't go out in a full face of makeup that I would probably wear on stage whereas there are some people that would do that who are kind of like walking pieces of art and they want the attention I don't really want the attention if I'm you know at Finsbury Park like walking around with loads of people looking at me so yeah in in some ways yeah you could say that it's hiding away from from what I do enjoy doing because I do enjoy like putting makeup on and doing all that kind of stuff and wearing kind of cool like performance stuff and also I would definitely say that it's true about the whole holding court thing like I don't want to hold court and go out as much obviously when you're younger you do go out a lot more but I do like being at home well I'd normally say I like being at home more but I think now obviously I would probably go out a lot more I'm not loud I don't think at a party I wouldn't be like the loudest person like trying to get all the attention I just I wouldn't have to do that to get there. <laughs> so would you say that the reason you don't like go out in a full face of makeup is because you don't want the attention? Like if there was no one else in the world, do you think you would do that more? Or you don't really have the urge Maybe, to? I think so. I think it restricts you sometimes because you like you don't want to do certain things. Like Because you know people are going to say stuff to you, so you probably wouldn't do it. Whereas yeah. some people don't care. Like I've got a friend called Daniel Lismore and he literally goes out in full like he just wears everything it, look, it looks amazing he looks like art oh, but he goes to Sainsbury's like that and stuff but you people probably know about him because he's quite like big in like the fashion world but he's like an example of like not really caring and just like goes and like wears what he wants whereas yeah. I do like maybe feel a bit cringe that old people were watching me but I think it's always like that like sometimes some singers are like that that they don't want attention but they do like don't look at me look at me because we're both Gemini's people have the perception of us that we're so sociable so loud and friendly and we are to a degree but I don't think they realize we wouldn't actually choose to spend our time out like I love being at home and people are quite surprised at that introverted side like I would rather be at home but they're like but you're always out doing this and it's like but I don't actually choose that I'll message you and then you'll be like, no, I'm staying at the moment. Doing what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but what are you doing? And you like try and make up some shit so that you're doing it and you're not. <laughs> yeah, when Vangelis calls me, I'm very hesitant to pick up because I know that once I'm on the phone to him, I can't resist him and I'll be on the phone for hours and sometimes I just don't want to get into that. But that's why I've loved lockdown because it's, for me, this was like amazing. I'm being forced to do something I would choose to do and I don't have to do anything socially. So yeah, I think that's 
that from what I know of you as well, I can imagine that that's true of you because we're both Geminis and people assume that we're not the homebodies that we actually are. Yeah, I think it's nice to be at home sometimes and you don't like, I don't think you want to be, I mean, when we say out, obviously I mean like clubbing and, but I don't want to, some people literally stay out the whole weekend or are not at home at all. They're always at someone's house or whatever. Yeah. No, for every like two hours of interaction, I need like four hours to process it. On my I'm more of like a day person. Like I'd rather go out in the day. You are not like everyone else. And whereas the Aquarius sun wears this characteristic proudly or without apology, you, Saturn in Aquarius, are uneasy about it. You don't like it. You fear it. It makes you uncomfortable. You'd rather pass for normal, even if you and your loved ones know otherwise. God forbid anyone call you quirky, eccentric or weird. In your younger years, you were bullied because of your fondness for wearing both stripes and polka dots together or for being oddly good at algebra. Remember that Saturn creates doubts and hesitation in the sign it's in. Your job, Saturn in Aquarius, is to embrace your inner freak and through embracing your inner freak, help others embrace theirs. And I mean freak in a good way. Yeah, right. Vangelis was not good at algebra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Did you say that? You don't like being called quirky or weird or eccentric. I think I'd, I'd like it more now than I yeah. did probably the past. I think if I was at Finchley still, like, you know, when I was probably like, what, uh, from the age of 11 to 16 or something, I probably wouldn't want to be called that. I think it's a lot to do with working with George, though, because I think that because he is so eccentric and weird. And I think it's kind of it's interesting to be weird because you wouldn't want to engage in something that's boring. But it's almost like why... Like, why not? Like, why just, do you know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of it comes to do with, I think, growing up. You know, when you're at school, it's, it's not cool to not fit in, but then they're the people who are the most interesting when they grow up and then you just don't care anymore. I'm very, but it's, it's weird for me because I don't mind being called it, but it's like, there's a, for me, it's like there's a place to do it. But then I think it's the same for everyone because, you know, people aren't walking around with full faces of makeup on all the time. Some people are, but not everyone. Were you bullied at school? There were a few comments and things at school, but nothing too bad I mean I remember there's this one guy who went to my primary school and um he went to the, my secondary school as well so when I got there in year seven he started calling me Vangelis how original and um he, I think I remember telling my mum about it and she knew his mum and she told his mum about it and since then nothing happened and she had like a right go at her well not a go at her but the mum was kind of embarrassed and was like oh we know it will never happen again and blah blah, blah. so not really. It wasn't as bad as like some people. I didn't really see a lot of that in my secondary school, to be honest. In sixth form, actually, when I um, when people asked me, "Oh, were you gay?" and I'm just like, "Yeah," first time I'd actually said it because obviously I went to an all boys school and then I stayed at Finchley and the girls started coming in. Um, so that was nice. I started hanging around with them a bit more. But I remember there was a guy and he he didn't really like like he would like throw stuff at me. So like whatever. I don't know, it was really weird. Like, I think he threw a sandwich at me, which I thought was ridiculous. I was like, I'm gonna eat it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was really str- It was really weird. Like, but then I, it, I kind of felt bad. Sorry for him because I was like, that's just so sad that like you're feeling like this. Yeah, that's quite a mature response to have. You actually imagine I probably didn't think that at the time. Probably just in high- <laughs> <laughs> but, but but you dealing with that like probably inadvertently was one of the reasons you helped me because obviously when I came to the sixth form, I wasn't out, and it was you who noticed that I liked girls and do you remember you one day you took my shoe off you love taking my shoe off and putting it places I couldn't reach you put one of my trainers on top of the bus stop and you wouldn't take it down until I admitted to you that I was gay and I was like I'm not and then the next day I said oh I really think Bishoy is attractive and you were like 
Oh, fuck you, off. You saw straight through it. You're like, you're only saying that because yesterday I said you were gay. And then I was like, okay, yeah. yeah because you were, you were saying how you found this certain girl attractive, but you were kind of saying it in like, oh, she's so fit. Like, but kind of like trying to be a straight girl about it. And I was like, oh, just admit it already. And then you were like, admit what? And then, and then the next day you started talking about this boy and saying like how fit he was. And I was just like, oh, get a grip, fan. <laughs> but why did you, why did you feel like that when, like clearly I was gay like so why would you feel like that you just weren't ready because I think personally because obviously everyone's is different so you being comfortable in it maybe because you're a guy as well I wouldn't have related it to me so my experience was isolated and I I remember coming out realizing I was gay when I was 13 and trying to tell my mum and she was like oh like do you want to sleep with these people or do you just want to hug them and because I was only 13 I was like I just want to hug them like I hadn't even let myself think that far ahead and then my mum managed to convince me that if I just wanted to hug them then I probably wasn't gay and I clung on to that for dear life like I'm not my mum says like I'm not and then it, it terrified me Sarah Caddle used to be like one in four girls is gay and it's definitely going to be you fan and it would keep me up at night but then but I think by the time we got to sixth form like having you as a friend and mostly and people didn't really care and when I started to come out to people they I found that they would come out back to me. So I was like, are we all just gay and hiding it? Imagine, sorry, isn't this my interview? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true though. It's like, that is, it is true. I think everyone feels, you know, you meet some people and you're like, you're, you clearly are like something, but they just really don't want to admit it. Even though they're around people that are really comfortable with it. Yeah. So it's funny. It's, it is really funny. But yeah, I don't think girls mind as much, to be honest. Really? Well, I don't know. Maybe they do. No, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, typically when guys find out a girl is gay, they'll be like, oh, that's hot because they want to get involved. But mm -hmm. And families, I find, often tend to be more lenient towards girls being gay. But when it's a guy, they seem to make it more about the whole person's identity. Yeah. Especially if the girl looks girly, they can separate it in their mind. Whereas if a guy is gay and he perhaps looks camp or wears makeup, it's harder for them to separate it. That's all I meant. Like, obviously, it's not, yeah. I'm not saying it's easier for girls. I do think it is in a way like it is I think it is easier because I think that there's this whole like mas masculine if someone is, says they're gay and you never knew there's this whole like oh like what oh well, what does that mean for me it's like it doesn't mean anything oh it's getting deep <laughs> once you stop being so afraid of your own uniqueness and embrace your authentic self in all your glory your entire world opens up until you do this deeply until you enroll in Saturn school you remain in the wrong job wrong profession, wrong relationship. You may even have the wrong friends, wrong house, wrong country. So at what age do you think you finally embraced your authentic self and as such it allowed your world to open and for you to like get, go and get the things you want? I, don't, I wouldn't say, I'd probably say it's more recently, but I feel like everyone, I don't know if everyone is fully themselves. I feel like, I'm just copying George now because he said this, but it's so true. He always says, that like we're, we're held together by the things we don't say so think how many things you don't say to people it might just be like something stupid like your friend bought a dress and you don't like it and she asks you is it nice you're like, oh yeah I like it but imagine you were like actually I really hate it but like do you know what I mean like you imagine you actually said what you were thinking so I feel like some people are like you can't ever truly be fully yourself with anybody sometimes even with, with like your girlfriend or whoever but I think probably after the voice, like I think I was a lot more confident in who I was, maybe because I got some validation. So I remember going to the psychotherapist meeting and I said that I wanted validation. And she was like, that's not a really good thing. Like, <laughs> and I was like, well, I want it. 
be like, I'm good. And I wanted something to happen. So I think after that, I had more confidence and embraced it. But I think also being on tour with with George, it was amazing to see like a gay guy being a, I don't know why I've lowered my voice to like a gay guy. <laughs> There's people around. Um, but it was nice to see like a gay guy being a boss of the boss of everyone. Cause my mom was like, oh, is anyone ever like say homophobic stuff to you on tour? And I'm like, no, Do you know, look who I'm on tour with. Of course they're not going in because I'm all the people that are, if they're on in the band and I'm working with all, all the crew and whoever, of course they're going to be comfortable with it if they're taking on the job because otherwise yeah. they wouldn't. There's no like, oh yeah, that's too gay. You know what I mean? It's just fun. You embracing your authentic self, essentially here you could say it was singing, like going after what you want for your passion and it led you to, I mean, you couldn't have asked for the, the more perfect mentor. So George, from in my in my opinion, Van Gelis and George are like the same person. They are so similar. And I feel like you couldn't have asked for a better person. It's like they handpicked him for you. So it's like by you following your passion, the world really did open up for you and gave you the kind of people you should be with, that allowed you to work in the industry you're passionate about. It was it was interesting because I knew of George before, but on the show, it's kind of painted out that I was this like massive fan. I had all his records and I, I didn't. And <laughs> the song I was given, Do You Really Want to Help Me, to, to do that, or We Really Want You to Try It Out, I didn't even really know that song. I knew Karma Chameleon. But I'd actually watched a film of him maybe four years before called mm-hmm. Worried About the Boy. And I didn't really know much about him, but I watched the whole thing and I thought it was interesting. So I thought that was funny how you can be drawn to someone without even really knowing them and knowing what they do. And yeah. I knew about it already. So it was, it was like weird. but. Yeah, I think we are similar, and um, some people are like, "Oh, is it, isn't it weird?" But it's like it, it isn't as weird now because obviously we did become friends from it. But there is still that like he is the boss and manager of. There is that kind of like you have to have a level of respect. <laughs> Good one. Would you say that you have enrolled in Saturn School and done this work so that by the time your Saturn return rolls around, you're prepared in terms of you think you're on the right path? You're not hiding away from who you are in the broader sense, obviously, not, like you said, no one will ever really know who you are. But yeah. um, No, I think so, because I, I mean, I've, you've, you've known that when I, since I was like, what, well, since you've known me, I've always been like, oh, I want to be a singer. Yeah. Like, you know I mean, I've always kind of had this one goal. And there's a lot of people that don't, that find what they want to do later on in life and that, or they just fall into a job and then they end up like really loving it. But for me, it's always been this and I've not ever kind of steered away from it. So I feel like, yeah, there, there couldn't really be any other path for me. And also I do think as well, all these things kind of fall into place. And for me, it has, which is great. And I always did think, I don't know if there's anything to do with the Saturn Returns or whatever, but I always did think, oh, I think something's going to happen, but I don't know what it is, but I know something will. That feeling of like, I know there is something more, like before The Voice, before George, all that kind of stuff, I knew there was, but maybe people say that once something has happened. Like you said, it was, it was from when we were about 15 I met you and you've been really fortunate, A, knowing what you wanted to do from so young, but B, you've never, you've, you've had tunnel vision. I mean, there's never been a conversation I've had with you where you haven't been talking about Celine Dion or singing or like, I remember when you locked me in the cupboard in the performing arts block and you, you were singing Celine Dion to me in preparation for your X Factor. Yeah, when I was like 15. And it's amazing now that you actually, that's what you do for a living. So, uh, yeah, I'd certainly agree that you've, you've enrolled in Saturn school, as they say it. I, was say, I think when you, love, when you love doing something and you keep doing it, um, and obviously to get paid for it is amazing because that's all you've wanted to do. So it doesn't, sometimes I sit in the rehearsals and I'm like, it literally feels like I'm back at college. I'm back in a rehearsal room with 
these other musicians like and but on a professional level and you're getting geared up for and actually the funny thing is it, it wasn't that different to being at college like yes the the, the players and everyone was more that the the talent was obviously higher but there were still like stops and mess ups and like oh are we actually even rehearsed like it's really funny how something on a massive level still has things that go wrong and things that aren't like organized and whatever but um yeah I think when you love something you want to do it all the time so that's kind of why I probably was so like focused on it because I just thought well I don't really want to do anything else yeah really worked hard on my voice there as well so if you just left it it wouldn't really you wouldn't develop yeah when you're young you're always like oh when I'm older I'm going to do this but then when you're older you kind of have a nostalgia for the times at college and you realize they were some of the best times of your life or at uni or at school when you're kind of carefree so the fact yeah. that you're able to do that for your job and carry it on I mean you couldn't really ask for more and to get paid for it what a bonus yeah I was also I think as well like sounds bad to say you know some people look back at college and they think oh it was the best times of my life yeah like they were fun for me but they weren't the best they weren't compared to what I'm doing now and like what I was doing like last year or being on tour whatever like for me that's like the, the the happiest times but for some people they don't like maybe they haven't enrolled in Saturn school. Like you say, they just literally have stayed in the same place and they've not moved anywhere. Yeah. So that's the highest th- like point in their life because... Yeah, they haven't allowed themselves to kind of progress. No. Do you feel comfortable expressing your ideas rather than others? Yeah, um, definitely. I think I can, be, I can be like quite manipulative in terms of like, I could be like, well he thinks this I'm just letting you know like you know what I mean about even if I think it I'm trying to push it to you know but no I think I'm, I'm happy to say my ideas but I always think when you say ideas I always like think of it as like, as like the studio or something and having to put my ideas across I think I it, de- it depends like the way you say something to someone because it's personal to them so if George writes something or, or whoever writes something and you're commenting on it you have to word it in a certain way like, for example, if, if, if a, a lyric was written that you wouldn't probably sing, I would probably be like, you know, I'd probably say like, oh, I, I can't really connect with it. Like, I feel like I can't connect with that lyric because I don't, um, I don't know, I don't do that or I don't, I don't really ever say that word. That's a very diplomatic way of putting it, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's true, though, because that is probably, if you feel cringe about like, I don't know, a certain word or a certain line or whatever, then, and you can hear it when someone sings it, you're like, you don't believe that line. Do you know what I mean? Do you think that working with George has helped you be more able to feel more comfortable expressing your ideas when you realise like the kind of way he takes things and the banter you can have and that you, you kind of get each other even when you're not agreeing and it, it you feel comfortable that he'll take your opinion at face value even if he doesn't agree with it and then can kind of come back to it later and you'll be cool. Well, I, I think at first when I first started working with him it was a bit it was more difficult to to say what I wanted to say because we didn't know each other that well. We'd been on a show together, but we didn't spend hardly any time with each other on the show, you know? So, cause he's getting to know me and he might take what I'm saying in the wrong way. Cause he doesn't know me or didn't know me then. But now, cause we know each other like, well, um, he probably is less defensive or less like react, like reactive to like what I'm saying sometimes because he knows what, that I don't mean it in a certain way. Whereas if yeah. it was someone new saying it, he might be like, oh, I don't know if I like that because they're a bit opinionated. So it took a while to kind of get it up and then like get that uh, trust up to then say say an idea. But that's kind of why I like being this, because he's very forceful as well. And, he, and he's very like, if you're not going to say an idea, I am. And my idea is going to take over. So if you want to say something, then you have to say it. 
and you have to say it out loud, otherwise I will take over. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of both, but we kind of feed off ideas. Sometimes he'll do something and I'm like, oh, I really like that. And I'll record it on my phone because um, he might forget it. It might just be an instinct thing that he's sung. And I'm like, oh, I like that. Let's keep that melody. And like, it's just a whole teamwork thing. I've definitely noticed that you you feel more comfortable. I mean, even in this interview, I don't know if it's just because it's me, but you've obviously had more PR experience and like you've had to give interviews, but you are the fun, so for the listeners, like you're the funniest person I've ever met in my life to the point where when we were at school, we got threatened to be kicked off the course or separated because my teacher said that all I did in class was stare at Vangelis waiting for him to speak. Once I walked into a lamppost because you were just making me laugh so much, I couldn't, I couldn't stop staring at you. My nan even used to say, oh, I wish you two would get together because she'd say that you brought out, this is so funny, but she'd say you brought out the sexiness in me because I was so carefree when I was talking to you. But like, I would just be like grinning from ear to ear. And I was like, no, that's really weird. I wanted us to audition for Big Brother, do you remember? And then we went to do an audition. I was like, we'd be amazing because Vangelis is so funny. And then I put the camera on us and you froze and you're like, I can't do it. I don't know what to say. And comparing that to now when you are really relaxed, like you're definitely more comfortable expressing not just your ideas, but who you are, I think. And maybe that's, would you say that's because of the validation you've got? I think so. But I, I, I like doing more conversational things like this. Like, for example, I went to a theatre show not that long ago, probably like a few months ago. And my friend was like, oh, could you do a little video outside on the, the show I'd just seen? But I had to kind of paraphrase it be like, oh, I really loved, loved the show tonight. Like, it just felt really fake and cringe and I just didn't know what to say and I kind of froze. So I, I don't like those kind of things. And even when I did The Voice, like, I'd have to paraphrase everything. Like, I'd be like, oh, I am I am really nervous about going into the battles. Like, you can just be like, I'm so nervous. Like, I can't, like, you just couldn't re- speak normally like you normally would. But I prefer these type of things because you can actually just talk and not have to really think about what you're saying, even though you, you kind of do have to think what you're saying. But you know what I mean? I am, um, uh, yeah, when I was watching The Voice, I was thinking, people don't know how funny he is. He's so fucking funny. I know. You, your whole demeanour is quite serious. I mean, even the way they, they dressed you, which I actually I want to come on to the dress sense thing, I think, a bit later on in the interview. Well, time is money, so chop, chop. <laughs> your gift. Saturn in Aquarius, you are loyal. You are steadfast. You have an old-fashioned sense of honour like the cowboys in black and white movies. These qualities make you a dependable friend and faithful partner. You're not interested in what everyone else is doing or wearing or saying. You're not a gossip. You refuse to scatter your energy. You know how to be here now. You are also potentially the best teacher of the Zodiac. You have another incredible gift that I almost don't want to mention, but I will. You would make a great spy. You hide in plain sight. If the FBI or CIA are hiring, you should send in your resume. No matter what's going on inside of you, in your head or your heart, you have an uncanny ability to blend in and fit in. You own and cultivate a mask of normalcy, and it can take years for others to see the real you, if they ever do. Will you let them? I'm very observant, and I think I, I do notice things that maybe people wouldn't notice. Like, it might even just be someone does a little look, like, like you know, like a side eye or something, and, like, people wouldn't notice. Or I do notice things like that. I am observant and sneaky like that, like I do. So, yeah, I agree with whoever wrote that. Um, <laughs> and what was the other part of it? Um, um, do you feel like people do see the real you now as far as... I think, I think my close, close friends do, but even some of my close friends don't know everything about me. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like, yes, they see me to see the real me to a certain extent. Like, again, it comes down to the whole, like, does anyone ever see the real person? I think everyone shows the parts of their personality that they want to show. 
for mm. different people. So sometimes I actually, for example, like with Terry, I have this voice that I put on with her. And sometimes I forget that I'm not talking to her and I'll do the voice with someone else. And I think, oh, Alex doesn't know that voice that I do with her. You know what I mean? When we're like, really? My, maybe because we're, I think it's quite common with Gemini's as well, but your humour adapts to who you're with. A certain group of my friends find me ditzy and from school and I play up to it still when I know I'm not like that anymore. But it's easy for me to slide into that role. I think we can adapt to situations really quickly, Gemini's, like, um, or just us in general, really, like us two. I feel like we could go into probably any setting and find some sort of humour or so, like something to like connect to people. I could, f- I could have stuff in common with like football hooligans, like even though I don't have anything in common with them. Yeah. I imagine if I was forced into a situation like that. Um, like when I worked at the Emirates when I was younger. Uh, <laughs> who's that new player? And I'm like, I have no idea. I'm literally, I'm I'm literally just serving you like drinks and stuff. I know nothing about it, right? <laughs> so, I didn't know that. That's hilarious. You don't know that? No. Yeah, I used to work there in kind of this place called the Foundry. It was a re- kind of a restaurant just outside the boxes, and it was for like members. Like Tesco might have a table, or whoever, and people used to get really passionate if they lost. They'd be like grown men like crying at the table. Your challenge, Saturn in Aquarius. You were afraid to be Aquarius. Saturn fears, Saturn doubts. What is Aquarius? It's friendly, social, intellectual, stubborn, brilliant. So you, Saturn in Aquarius, must hone these qualities. You must not stay at home all the time. You must not stick to one or two friends, but branch out. You must not read the same book over and over, but constantly expand your knowledge. You must not always go with the flow, but instead hold fast to your beliefs and habits. Do not always be like the branch, but instead be the trunk of the tree, harder to cut down or fall. You must do all these things because Saturn is your teacher and has lessons for you, Aquarius lessons. Aquarius is the genius of the zodiac. Do not be afraid of your wild mind. It's okay to think for yourself. It's okay to have your own ideas. It's okay to not be like everyone else. It's okay to not hide your uniqueness and unicorn horn and who you truly are. It's okay to follow your own rules rather than the rules others have set. It's okay to be an individual and to encourage others to do the same. I, I want to talk about your dress sense because in my head, when I think of you as a singer, I noticed, I don't know if it's how they dress you or how you want to dress yourself, but I see you as people who remind me of you are like Hertz. And I remember I even joked about like Il Devo in, in, in like back in the day because they put you in like really smart suit jackets. And yeah. that, one, that one costume when you sang Here Comes the Rain Again on The Voice when you had like, I thought it was more extreme. I just, I looked it up again on YouTube before I started this, but I thought you were like, covered in sequins and feathers and stuff but you were wearing like a suit jacket with black feathers on the shoulder and like black shiny trousers um is that your choice or is that just something that's kind of you've got used to wearing that type of stuff on the voice so it's just carried on like that I think when I was on the voice they used to put me in a lot of jackets which um people would be like why is he wearing jackets on the stage like you know kind of just normal jackets you'd probably see people wearing every day so I didn't mind that that was probably my my favorite um, thing I wore was probably the Here Comes the Rain thing because originally it what did have these big feathers so maybe I sent you a picture of it when it was yeah. like that because it was coming up here and it looked awful and I was like I just like it needs to be scaled down so I quite liked having the feather thing on the side and like the leather trousers and also had this black rose as a tie which I really liked I like the kind of gothic dark yeah. look, look. Like, I, I really like that and actually with the music I'm doing at the moment people would probably expect that I'd do like a ballad and stuff and like the, the stuff I'm doing, I actually really am enjoying. And like, 
almost taken on a character and putting myself into like something else that I wouldn't normally do. Yeah. Uh, but I like it. Like I actually, I, I like singing slow stuff as well, but I used to just sing that nothing else like I feel like I've grown so much in the last like year alone or in the last six months I would say but um yeah I do like the dark gothic look because I remember ages ago watching like the x-factor when I was younger and watching Aidan Grimshaw do like a version of diamonds are forever and I think it was by the arctic monkeys the version he did but it was like it was like a weird like diamonds are forever they are to please me. Creepy thing. And, and he had this mic stand with metal chains holding it up. It was a, the stand was made out of metal chains. And they had this like collared um, jacket. And it was all very like, kind of like, I like it being quite fitted, structured sh- shoulder, like slim, like, like slim, black. I like black. Yeah. That's what, this quote someone said the other day like when they invent something darker than black that's when I'll stop wearing it <laughs> I've seen that you've got a really unique style for a performer I'm no I am attracted to like certain things um and I don't know why but mostly it's black it's something that's either like mesh or I don't know just something a bit different but if you go into top shop or top man or whatever you can hardly find anything that's good it's mm. all the same kind of everyday stuff and with me I, I sometimes need more clothes because I don't have as much everyday stuff yeah I can't go out to a night out and wear like well I could this is the thing this has been stopping myself I could go out and wear an outfit I wanted to wear but I I won't because I'm like oh no it's too much right okay that probably ties into before when talking about do you try and hide it you know I think you should because when I actually picture you in my head I picture you in stuff like that I don't know why and then when I meet up with you and you're wearing like an adidas tracksuit I'm like oh yeah it's really funny that's how I see you so people probably wouldn't even react in a big way if you came dressed in your like full regalia especially people who are used to seeing you on tv or in performances and you know on on tour um the guy there's a guy called James and he's a saxophone player and he said to me after one of the shows he was like he was like, your after show look is such a come down. <laughs> and I looked at myself and I was wearing these like shorts. I was wearing this like random vest top from Target, which had Mickey Mouse faces on it. And my hair was just all greasy and just like, I had like flip flops on. And he was just like, it, just, it goes from like glam to like nothing. Each one of the planets on our birth chart falls in a particular house and it correlates to a particular thing. So where your, what sign your Saturn is depends really on it kind of tells more about who you are as a person, but where it falls in your house are the areas of your life in which your Saturn return is likely to affect. So it could be your friends, your job, your relationships, whereas the sign it's in is how you deal with that and what the lessons within that group are. Saturn rules the 10th house. The 10th house is Saturn's land, his happy place. He's at home here. Saturn is serious, the 10th house is serious. Saturn is ambitious, the 10th house is ambitious. The 10th house itself rules career. Folks with their Saturn in the 10th may be destined for fame and possibly fortune, and it is a fortunate placement if you're willing to take fate by the horns. Saturn never lets us be lazy, but Saturn in the 10th house especially will feel burdensome if you don't work it and work for it. When you see Saturn in someone's 10th house, what you are seeing is the ultimate career man or woman. Big ambition, big dreams, big job, big mountains to climb, no stopping them. It's a lot to require of one human being, and yet they exist. 
If you have your Saturn in the 10th house, you're destined to be a career powerhouse and maybe even to change the world. Even though Saturn is so at home in this house, we will often see the usual Saturnian delays. It can take the native a long time to find the perfect career, but they never give up despite all the false starts and obstacles along the road to success. As a child, you may have felt the weight of the world on your shoulders. One or both of your parents may have been career-driven just like you. One or both of your parents may have been overly strict or overbearing. You may never have felt the love you needed, so career success becomes a substitute. Saturn's drive and ambition isn't just a substitute for love, although it can show up that way in some lives. Just be aware if you have this placement that love is love and work is work and work may not fulfil all of your heart's desires. With natal Saturn in the 10th house, career confusion blossoms into career certainty over time. They need this blossoming. If they aren't climbing the ladder of success, they feel lost. And once they finish with one ladder, they find another. It hardly matters what else is happening in their lives, be it family or love or children or any interest or hobby or passion. When career is all wrong, when their career is careening out of control, then their life feels out of control. And an out of control Saturn is an unhappy Saturn. We all need to find the right work. We all need to find the right way to spend our time and live our lives. But Saturn in the 10th house has a calling unlike any other. What is this call? To reach the top. They will work for it, yes, but the top is where they are headed. Do you feel destined for fame and fortune? You're definitely ambitious. Oh, how do I answer this? I always struggle with this question, don't I? Yeah. The reason why I struggle with the reason why I struggle with this question is because you don't want to say something that sounds up to yourself. Like, so I actually remember going to a singing lesson and the teacher said, "Give me five things about yourself that you like," and then I was saying it, and she's like, "And now say it again, but don't filter it." say everything that you want to say and don't be afraid to like say it. And it was the weirdest thing because you start saying stuff. You're like, Oh my God, I can't say that. And it's like, you can't you just say it. So that's, a, that's brilliant. Yeah. So you clearly do then. So that was for, I had a holistic vocal lesson with this woman. Ariel from the X Factor. I know, I beg Ariel. But it was really good. It was interesting because it kind of makes you, makes you think about things you, that you wouldn't think about. But um, I think that, like I said before, that I've always thought something was going to happen with me to do with music. I also think success and fame and all that is relative. Like, like I don't really see myself as, I don't see myself as famous at all. I just see myself as I was on a show. And then I think there are Culture Cut fans and Boy George fans that would probably know me from tour and from that. But other than that, I wouldn't say you, I'm not really known. Do you know what I mean? In the grand scheme of things, I'm not. So, but I do think like what I've achieved is maybe there's not a lot of people could say that they've done that in the way I have. So in some ways, yes, like that, that I would say it was destined because I've always, I've always kind of had that go and thought that something would happen and then it did. But I always feel like there's room to grow. So I feel like I'm still trying to kind of, you know, get to that point. But when you, it's like, what is the point though? Like when, like when do you sit, sit down and be like, okay, because you, you always move the goalposts. Like what, so what you buy a house, like, oh, you want a second house. Like you, you have a number one single, then you want a, another number one. Like, it's constantly being moved all the time. It is a difficult question to answer, but I do think that I was de definitely destined for something. So we um, were talking about that, weren't we, in terms of, like, sometimes you have to stop and, I hate this, such a cliche expression, but stop and smell the roses, because when you get what you want, the goalpost immediately moves, but sometimes so quickly that you don't actually enjoy where you are. And then when you look back up, you've been like, oh, I was supposed to be happy when I got that, but I've been so busy, like, rushing through everything I haven't actually enjoyed it but do you think in terms of the level of fame and fortune you're happy where you are now as long as you can carry on doing what you're what you love or you would like a bigger following 
well I've, I've always said i've always said like when i started touring and doing the backing vocals i think a lot of people would be like oh would you like doing the backing vocals because like you're not the lead and it's like i genuinely do love it because i'm in a band i'm singing with live musicians and there's something really fun about being a backing vocalist as well because obviously i wouldn't really describe myself as a backing vocalist i'd be like i'm a lead, <laughs> a lead singer <laughs> but obviously i do that as well but i do think that if i all i i I was looking back on something from before The Voice and I, would, I was saying to somebody on a message like, oh, I would be happy just, just to sing for a living. That's what I said. And that's always what, always been what I've said. I've never said I want to be like, oh, I want to be really fa like famous. And I think those kind of people, when they want, want to just be famous, they're never happy because they yeah. get that and then they've got no passion or thing to fall back on. But obviously, like for me, the thing I want to do the most is like release this album have a good shot at it and like, put it out but even if nothing happened with it the fact i've made an album and it's produced and it's you know been managed by boy george and we've done all these songs like I'm, I'm gonna have that forever i don't think there's anyone that can that he's done that for yeah not a full album that he's released i could be wrong though but i don't think so and the fact about um being a backing singer yeah. i think if, if you're anything like me we love being part of a community so yeah anything that reminds us of like a, a, like an exclusive club or school or like even when I did my hot yoga teacher training when you're part of something and you're all working together on something every day yeah it's that's like a massive thing for me I, I'd love to be able to do something like that every day so that must help it does and I think there's less there's kind of less pressure when you're the back and vocalist because the people are coming to see culture and boys they're not coming to see me but you are part of the show and like you do you're there because you add something to the show. Like you're an, you're an asset to the band in some way. But it's funny as well because I feel like with, there aren't many culture club songs that have. I don't think there's any culture club songs that have a male lead line in it. Where there's a lot of back and vocals parts where there's female lines. So I don't get a lot of parts in the shows. But I think the fact that I'm a guy in the makeup and whatever on stage, and I think I'm the only other um, bar one, but they're bisexual guy, but the only other gay person on stage apart from George. And it was, it's just nice to have, we have so many different types of people on stage. So like it says, you are destined for fame and fortune. And if you essentially, to have a successful Saturn return, you need to do the work. Um, and you've done that from everything it says here. It looks like you are, you are destined to be a career powerhouse. And it says maybe even change the world. So there's two things I want to talk about here. Firstly, your, um, the work you had to do to get to where you are in terms of all the audition processes you went through on different shows. Mm. And secondly, do you have any desire to change the world and in what way? So if we start with the, the audition processes and for the X factor, etc. Well, I think when I first auditioned for something, it was probably like 15 or maybe I think it was 15. I think it was the X factor, but I'd consistent, I'd been going for shows quite a lot up until the age of 23 when I got the voice. So imagine I'd like just said like, oh, okay, I didn't get past the X Factor round at 15 and then you give it up. A lot of people do that. A lot of people do, it, do something once and they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to give up. It was only when I went to this singing teacher about, well, four and a half years ago, who, when I came in, she said she really liked, she like loved my voice and she put me in, uh, she put, sent my video to a scout and she was like, oh, I think we're really different and I think that you could do well with it. So anyway, the scout ended up, once you're in with the scouts and they have your contact details, you're put forward for every show if you don't get it on that year or whatever. They have they kind of think of you if they think you're good. So that's kind of how it happened. But that took a while of like getting up to that stage. And she said to me, you're singing very safe in these auditions. She said, what do you sing? And she goes, you should be getting past these rounds. So I'd never get past the rounds. 
I'd never get past the initial stages. And all my friends, like my friend Roxy, would always get on to like Final 40 or she'd get on to the X Factor. She got to that stage or she'd get on to The Voice or whatever. She'd always get to that, that chance where she could really do something. And I, I always said to myself, if I got given a chance to actually go there, I know I could do well. Mm. I always said that. I just, I don't know why, but I just had this feeling of like, if I got given that chance to do it. And then she said to me, you're singing really safe in the auditions. Like you're not showing what you can do. So she's the one that really was like, you need to really give it to them. Like, otherwise it's, it's other people are going to get it because you're, they're, sh- they're showing what they can do. So, um, yeah, it was years of kind of doing that and also working my voice and like trying to, trying to get better all the time. If I didn't do anything, my voice would be at the, the same level as it was when I was 15, oh, which would yeah. have grown. I can do so much more with my voice now, even in the last like two years, I'd say. We were so convinced that you were going to get onto the X Factor that time because we all went to Hannah Howard to have like a party, didn't we? We were all waiting for you when you came back and then it was like, oh, let's just go. Um, I remember that because I, I, I was acting all depressed and I like did a puff of weed and thought I was really cool. <laughs> so stupid. I don't, because I, I, you know I never do weed or like drugs or anything. I think, I think that maybe it is something I sh- should think about changing the world, but... Selfish I think, bitch! I'm trying to change my own world first. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's actually the honest truth I think I'm trying to do my own thing first but you, I think you can only do that when like once you've become established and who, who you like do you know what I mean you're so right yeah you can't pour from an empty cup and I think when you're happy in what you're doing you're more willing to help others and I think even being successful on your own is a way of changing other people's worlds showing that you they can yeah. do that too but even like, you know, like Rihanna or someone, when she was first coming out, she wanted to be this, obviously, she was aiming to be a pop star or whatever. And apparently now she's not doing music anymore and she's focusing on like humanitarian stuff. And it's like, she wouldn't have done it at the beginning of her career. She's got to that stage because she is like, you know, the second best selling female artist of all time. Don't ask me how I know that fact. Um, but she is. And she, once she, once she, like, again, once you get to that stage, you, you try, you think that she's going to continue with it, but she's like, oh, what else can I do that's going to fulfill me? Because that probably doesn't fulfil her as much anymore. Yeah, I think what this goes back to what we were saying earlier. When you reach a certain level of having everything you want, you realise actually it's not receiving that gives you the happiness, it's giving back. Because a yeah. lot of people do that, don't they? Move on to humanitarian stuff after yeah. they've got everything they want material-wise. Do you feel like uh, you've changed anyone's world or you have the ability to in terms of um, young gay guys who feel insecure about who they are? I don't know. Maybe, Maybe... By seeing me in makeup and all that kind of stuff, then maybe, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, and actually it's funny because even, I think a lot of people think I just wear makeup because of George, but I actually, I, when I was doing photo shoots before for my own music stuff, I was wearing like full on makeup for, for the photo shoot. It again, comes back to the whole, like, has its place. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but I think, yeah, if someone sees a picture of me and, they, and that makes them feel better, like, but I think there's loads of guys that do that now. Do you know what I mean? So. I think um, you realise sometimes an impact you're having on people because you, you helped me without even realising just the fact that you didn't give a fuck about anything. You were so unjudgmental. Gemini's are, we're both really unjudgmental. I think anyone could say anything to us and we don't bat an eyelid. Like, oh, I've just killed someone. Um, and we're like... Oh, oh God. Literally, like, I, I, I mean, I've got to t- I can't tell you this story on here, but um, I was out with... Imagine, okay, well, it looks like we're telling it. Um, <laughs> no, so I was out with Terry and, like, her friend was telling us something about something to do with her dad and it was quite, like, shocking. But we were like, I was like, okay, right. Yeah. yeah. But like, no, but like I wasn't. And then afterwards I was like, 
why like are we too casual about like the most thing like things that aren't casual yeah and then, and then we're almost shocked at things that aren't shocking <laughs> yes. you know I mean? it's like okay but you expected that like do you know what I mean like you even said always says you worry about things you don't need to worry about and you don't worry about things you should but the fact that you were like that made me feel comfortable well clearly not in the beginning but made me feel comfortable to be to tell you I was gay because it's like you literally don't give a fuck we've I mean we've told each other everything we've like sent you even text me saying can I send show your nude to well, I mean I've sent you nudes and you showed them to your no, I messaged you going, can I show this random guy your nudes that I'm out with? And you're like, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just don't show him my face. I mean, we really don't care. But um, yeah, so changing the world through not giving a fuck. You, yeah, you, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I suppose. You make people feel comfortable. Yeah, I think I think so. I think when you're like that, that people open up to you more because you're being like, oh, who cares? I, I, I think I, what I do a lot is if I know someone's uncomfortable and they're telling me something that they find cringe, even if I find it a little bit like, okay, yeah, I can see they're, they're embarrassed by saying it. So I'm like, oh my God, that happens all the time. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not lying, but I'm just yeah. being like, I'm actually just being like, well. I can't, I can't ever tell a joke or pull a prank on someone and let them believe it for a bit. I hate awkwardness, so I, I'll do any, anything to make the other person feel comfortable. I'm, yeah. like, I'm joking. Yeah. I used to do that when I was younger, but when I used to have an actual argument with Terry or something, I'd get annoyed. And then afterwards, I'd be like, only joking. And she was like, no, you weren't. Stop trying it. <laughs> like, save yourself. Do you feel like your parents kind of made you career driven? Um, I don't see my dad at all, so I can't really include him in this. But with my mum, she's always been someone that works and she's been kind of single mum and she's always she's bought her own house and she's done it all by herself so I suppose seeing that is good and makes you I suppose less less lazy if you're looking at that but I definitely am more lazier than her I think I think I've definitely am but I do think that no I definitely felt the love like from her and um I do think that I am career driven because it is something I actually want to do recently I've been doing a lot more kind of vocal exercises which obviously are quite boring but they are, they do really help. Um, so I think if you want to do something, you put your mind to it. It's like, I don't enjoy, ex- I don't really enjoy exercising. And that's like, a, for me, it's like, ugh, I don't want to do it. And some people put, feel like that about certain things that like they just don't want to do it. Whereas with me and the whole career driven thing, it's like, I, cause I enjoy it. I, I, it's easier. Even, even the admin bits, like the bits you don't want to do, you, you find time to do cause you know, in the long run, it makes it more rewarding. Yeah, and I just love, I love, like, it sounds bad, but I just like getting paid to do it as well. Yeah. Do you, I mean? do you feel lost if, lost if you're not climbing the ladder of success? Like, do you feel like without your career, maybe, do you think it, it has become a substitute for love? Or how have your relationships in the past been affected by your career? Have you let career take over your relationships? I think that um, I've got, like, a good balance. And I, because when I'm with Tony, he understands that there are certain times where I have to just, if I'm on the phone to him and George calls me or whatever, I have to, I'd be like, okay, I'll call you back and I'll call him straight away. And he's fine with that because he knows that that's how the industry works, but that's because he's a creative person. Whereas not everyone can handle that. And they're a bit like, I need more time, blah, 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 blah. But that is just the way it is when you do, if you're doing music stuff, and you've got to remember as well, I'm, I'm talking from my perspective, which is like nothing. Imagine someone who was like, people are constantly wanting their attention all the time and they're really famous and they get like, and there's always, friends and family and like everyone's sometimes they might just want to break since the voice there have been some friends that I'm like kind of no longer friends with and there were a few conversations where they there was a little I felt like a little bit of jealousy towards me because I was actually doing what I wanted to do and there's a lot of people that want to do that 
there's a lot of people that want to sing and do that for a living and they don't get they're not as as lucky let's say or fortunate to do it um so you do yeah there are some people that I don't speak to really now that I was really close with before I think when I was with my ex-boyfriend he really didn't like me being a singer and almost was kind of embarrassed by me singing so I wouldn't really kind of stop singing in front of him and kind of stop stopped singing for a while and then as soon as we broke up I kind of went back to it and was like oh this is what I've missed doing so I haven't done that since and I've always um kind of gone for that and also if you're with someone that's proud of you like with Tony like he obviously loves loves me singing he's very honest about like I don't like that or I like this and he always like is involved and listens to my tracks or whatever if you're with someone that's like um understands it then it's it's it doesn't affect the relationship because they know that that's just what you do and also he gets perks from it as well so <laughs> you know what I mean? he's experienced things that other people wouldn't normally he's he's been on a tour bus he's he's seen backstage how a show goes together he's been to like you know he's been backstage at Wembley like loads of things that people wouldn't wouldn't be able to experience before yeah. so it's it, I think it's cool for people's partners and stuff to come and see that on the road and like see what what everyone does if the partner's secure yeah so it looks like you have found the balance both in terms of your relationship you're with someone who understands your career and mm. you have a healthy and fruitful relationship where you encourage each other and you've never stopped working for what you want and you've got to a place where it looks like things can only get better so in terms of your Saturn return and the areas it was meant to affect career and relationships it looks like you are on track to have an easy one so hopefully mm. February to October next year should be a breeze what do you think well it seems like I've passed the test with flying colours no, I feel like there is always room to like, there is always room to grow. And, and it's the same with even my singing stuff. I always think you can't rest on just being good. Like you have to keep doing it. You have to keep trying to get better or you're just going to stay the same. Do you think this has given you like a good insight on what you could maybe look inwards at and what you need to kind of be aware of? To be honest, Fern, no, it hasn't. <laughs> no, I think, I think that um, it's not, I think these type of questions are not questions that people normally ask you. So it does make you think about things. It's like when I had the holistic vocal coach lessons, like when she'd ask me certain things and I'd have to answer her bluntly, but like, what do you love about yourself? What do you like positive things that you wouldn't ever normally say? Like if I said to you, give me five things that you love about yourself. It's difficult when you actually, like you're like physical, like what do you love about, like it's, it's almost like you feel cringe saying it. So, but it's good. It's good to kind of do it. It makes you more aware of it, I suppose. Well, Vangelis, good luck on your Saturn return and we should definitely catch up after October 2021 and see if the predictions are correct or if you came up on any bumps in the road that we missed. Imagine we were like, well, it all just went to shit, didn't it? Really? <laughs> Sadly, Vangelis did not survive his Saturn return. I wish you a happy, healthy lockdown. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. That's it from Thank You Saturn today and a big thank you to Vangelis for coming on the show. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter at Vangelis Polly. More thank yous to Eliza Einhorn for writing The Little Book of Saturn, Phil Donnelly for the jingle, and Ara Cho for the artwork. Don't forget to share and subscribe if you enjoyed, and you can listen out for future episodes wherever you get your podcasts by searching Thank You Saturn.